0: was kind of unexpected we didn't get our turf in maybe we'll do it here in a moment good morning folks welcome it's a wednesday the 18th day of january and of course the year 2023 now um just because I had the buttons all wrong here, here's uh, Coach Arturff, okay?
1: I-N-E-P-T, 4 Tech,
2: two,
3: four, six, eight, who do
1: we appreciate? Oysters, oysters,
3: raw, raw, raw!
2: coach turf here we are at midweek once
3: again we're in between
2: ball games and my favorite part of the week because this is when we get to put all them past ball games in the past we're not worried about what games coming up yet because it's too early to think about it and we can just tell all the fans about all the lore and legends of football and the history of inept tech we
3: certainly have enjoyed discussing uh, the history of inept football with you here and uh, some terminology that we didn't really realize started here
2: well, lots of it. You know, just for example, you probably heard uh, some of them boys on defense, what they call strong safety.
3: Strong safety on every team, right? Well, that's
2: right. Everybody has one, and that started right here at NAP Tech, and that goes back to 1954, and uh, we was getting ready to play EIEO. You know, that was the folks that uh, we was playing this week, and then back in 1954, they had another good ball club. They, in fact, the EIEO, they got a fine player here, fine player there, here, fine player there, fine In fact, they got a fine player everywhere, and that year they had a special fine Player at tight end, a fella named of Bull Norman, and uh, we had our safety man uh, Wimp Williams back then. You know, Wimp went on to be a fine uh, uh, strength coach later on in his career. But uh, Wimp wasn't a real strong boy, and and the coaches was uh, looking at me and saying, "You know, Wimp, they ain't never going to uh, get Wimp to guard old Bull Norman there on off. What we need is a stronger safety." So we got somebody else to take his place. We got B.O. Baxter, and he was a little stronger boy to take his place. And then from there on in, the fellow what uh, guards the tight end on defense has always been called a strong safety.
3: Very interesting, Coach. I'll be back with more inept tech football history with Coach Art Turf right after we pause for this message. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 AM on W. Coach, it never ceases to amaze me how much football terminology actually originated right here at Inept Tech. We well, just that's heard... the reason
2: for one of these here programs is to let all the fans know just what a fine program we have so they'll uh, come out and support the oysters and come to our ball games.
3: The strong safety, that uh, terminology actually developed right here. and
2: Started right here at Inept Tech. You know, folks use that. Every team has one and started right here at Inept Tech
3: and uh, something else most teams have is a is a taxi squad and you were telling me during the commercial that that actually developed right here
2: well that's right right here at Tech. started back in 1962 you know we was getting ready to go to to play Inferno State right there at the start of the ball season and boy it was still hot it was real hot it always is hot there at Inferno State and we was thinking that uh, our boys not being in as good a shape as they probably could have been we was probably going to need a whole lot more boys than what we had and, you know, we can only fit so many boys in that 19 and 37 Packard, and we got to be real careful when we make road trips not to put too many boys in there. So what we decided we was going to do, seeing that we needed some extra fellers, we got a taxi cab and got some extra boys and put them in there, and, and uh, them boys was out there on the field dropping like flies, and we quick rushed out to the cab and got them boys and put them in the games. So now, any time you have some boys coming in from uh, not on the regular ball club, they call that being on the taxi squad. Sounds like it was a good plan, coach. Where it was if uh, the cabbie hadn't left a meter running.
3: Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the fighting oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf.
0: There we go. We got it out of the way. We, we worked it up after all. Anyway, good morning, folks. Party line on the air on this uh, Wednesday edition. And uh, Mercy, it's 40 degrees outside, uh, and uh, they say it's going to climb up to 49. No, uh, no real mention of rain today, but um, there is tomorrow. But tomorrow, they say it's going to hit 64. Wow. Well... It is um, Athens. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Uh, my partner this morning is Rodney Tomlin, and uh, you know Rodney, you have a nickname. Yes, and it's I. I you know I, Rodney. It's it. They call you Porterhouse? (laughs) Porterhouse. That is correct, sir. (laughs) Now, how'd that all come about?
1: Well, you know, even though I do like to eat and I do like steaks a lot, uh, believe it or not, that's not how it came. And even though my last name is Tomblin, and you would think that someone would call me T-Bone because of that, um, it it really just came out of radio one day. Uh, J.J., who normally sits here with you here recently, uh, I uh, was working with him some 20 plus years ago, and I just walked in the studio one morning, and he said, "Porterhouse," and uh, just out of the blue, just out of the blue. I think he had been watching Caddyshack or something, and there's a wow. there's a segment on there where, and I don't know how he correlated me with the Porterhouse character at that particular time, but somehow or another it did. But but to, to here, I mean, the real story. It's it's a really big story if you if you want to hear the whole story, because i mean I mean, it is kind of, at least to me, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> well, go for it. All right. So so here we're doing radio in uh, in Jackson at now one of our sister stations, WKOV. And at that time, I was doing sales, and he said, hey, I need somebody to come in and uh, hang out for five minutes. I got a segment I need to do. Five minutes turned into 10, 10 to 15, and then eventually it became a show. And uh, anyhow, uh, when I early on, I'd walked in one morning and he said that, and I was like, no, you're not calling me Porterhouse. Nope, That's your name from now on. And we, we argued about it. And uh, we were at breakfast with his father, Dave Hale, which many may know from over here in Albany. And we were at a little place called the diner over in Jackson, and he uh, accidentally called me pork chop. And, uh, anyway, uh, I said, and we said, no, it's porterhouse. And I said, and then JJ said, I like pork chop better. And I said, no, I'm not being called pork chop. So anyway, we decided that we were going to have a, um, an election because it was election time. Uh, we built a voting booth, put it out front of the radio station and ended up raising about 30,000 cans of food. And I, I, forget how much money. And, uh, anyway, whenever it was all said and done by landslide, Porterhouse had won, and uh, I got to thank uh, state representative at that time, John Carey, for uh, being on my side and doing me some radio commercials that helped me win the campaign. <laughs> so, that's uh, how Porterhouse was born. <laughs> pretty cool. Good story. It was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah. And how many years ago again? Oh, it was, uh, i where are we, 23 now? Yeah. That was in, that had to be, I think, 99. Yeah, that happened in 99, so some 24 years or so ago, so nearly a, a quarter century here. Well, Porter House. <laughs> where where, uh, where were you raised? Actually, I was raised in Jackson. Um, my uh, family, uh, we, we I was born in Williamson, West Virginia, down in the coal fields. My father was a coal miner, mm-hmm. and I actually remember as a child, shopping at the company store. You know how you hear people talking yeah, about the sure. company store? Uh, my dad, you know, he had an account at the company store. We'd go in, we'd buy groceries there, we'd buy. But anyway, we, we lived in a coal camp in West Virginia, and my father was a minister, and he was um, elected pastor at a church in over in Jackson County called Paul's Chapel. And when I was about four years old, we came over to my aunt Dessie's, uh and uh she uh anyway on vacation in july and i never went back home <laughs> 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 my dad got a job at southern ohio coal company yeah. uh he trained up uh, many if not most if uh, many of the the folks that went underground and worked there for many many years he was a training and safety coordinator known as preacher uh that's how everybody known him knew him as uh, his um, uh, handle on the cb was preacher boy and, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I was the son of a, a preacher growing up and, uh, I graduated in from Jackson high school in 1987. Um, always had a desire to be in, bro- I actually, I, I, when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be Dan Rather. And then whenever I got in college and started doing news, I realized how depressing news was. Mm. So that was the last thing that I wanted to do. And, uh, anyway, just one thing led to another. I got in radio, I've done a little TV, uh, and, uh back in radio and done sports announcing and things like that and uh, just uh, glad to be back home got three grandbabies that I wanted to settle down with so uh, I decided it was time to stop traveling and uh, settle down so here I am living on the air in Athens there you go <laughs> and we're, we're pleased to have you
0: let me just ask because I mean my background I've been a number of places what were a few of the cities you worked in uh uh california uh, uh los angeles well uh, like what station there
1: oh i uh, actually i have never worked much in radio as far as uh oh uh i've just worked here in southern ohio as far as radio is concerned uh, I, my, mis-
0: I misunderstood
1: yeah my television background is more um i did a lot of voiceover work i've worked for like uh, i've done work for outdoor life network uh when it was that uh uh, to, uh, versus, uh, NBC sports. Uh, I did some stuff for uh, Red Bull for a while. Okay. Um, and a show called racer TV. Uh, I do, uh, still some of that and a network MAV TV. I do some voiceover work for that, which now that I'm transitioning back into radio, that all is kind of going by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. But now I, uh, as far as radio goes, uh, my, my experience <laughs> is right here in Southern Ohio, uh, for for the most part and you know i've had some web shows and uh podcasts and things like that but uh yeah uh, just uh basically i like to talk a lot so uh party line is kind of something that uh, is, is my forte oh we never <laughs> talk here we never talk
0: but uh, no uh, it, well it's it's a pleasure to have you in here well, thanks for and having me. hope to have you uh a number of times so, let's see here. Let's, uh, let's try to learn this show together. All, All right. right. <laughs> well, um, when we don't have guests, and by the way, tomorrow the mayor of Athens, Steve, um, Steve will be in. Um, so, um, that's tomorrow. But today, a free-for-all edition. So, um, we go through events in history and so on, and, and I always need your help. All right. So, Let's just start in. Historical events. The year 532 on this very date, Nika, N-I-K-A, the Nika uprising against Emperor Justinian I in Constantinople fails. And they say that 30,000 were killed by troops loyal to the emperor in the Hippodrome. Uh, You know, when you hear numbers like that, 30,000 people killed, just knocks you over. Oh, well, let's go to the next one. The year 1591 on this date, King Narasuan. Narasuan. I'll spell this, and you you see if I'm doing this even close. N-A-R-E-S-U-A-N. King of Siam on this date in 1591 he kills the crown prince Mitchet Shra of Burma in a single combat the date is now observed as the Royal Thai Armed Forces Day you know i have a daughter-in-law from thailand hmm. and um My son Paul um, met her in Thailand, and she is just terrific. I like Thailand. All right, well, let's just go on here. So, the next event we have to uh, say that occurred on this date, (coughs) excuse me, folks, pardon me, was in 1788. And they say the first elements of the first fleet carrying 736 convicts from England to Australia arrives at, um, I, I don't think it's Botany Bay, Botany Bay, B-O-T-A-N-Y, Bay to set up a penal colony. Remember all that in the history books? Boy. England um, yeah, from did I, all sorts of weird things to Australia, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, from what I understand, that was kind of like Exile Island. They yeah. just tra- take all the, the misfits down there and drop them off and let them fend for themselves. And uh, I've got a few Aussie friends, you know, uh, several Aussie friends, actually. And uh, to say they're a little bit different is probably an understatement. <laughs> 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 they're, they're, they're fun-loving people, I will say that, but
0: they're good people. Well, let's see here. What else? This go on. Eighteen seventeen, Jose de San Martin leads a revolutionary army over the Andes to attack Spanish royalists in Chile. Eighteen seventy one, the Second German Empire proclaimed by Kaiser Wilhelm I. and Otto von Bismarck. 1871 on this date. Much more recent, 1943 now, the Soviets announced they have broken the long siege of Leningrad by Nazi Germany by opening a narrow land corridor through the siege, uh, or rather low the siege, would not be fully lifted until a whole year later. Okay, Um, here we go, um, Porterhouse, we need to look up a couple things. Okay. Uh, famous birthdays. There is one listed as AA, two initials, Milne, M-I-L-N-E. He was a writer. Well, okay, you're ahead of me already. (laughs) But he was born on this date in 1882. He died in 1956. Now, what about, um... Was this was a male? Yes. Uh, so Mr. Milney, what do you have on him? Well, uh, he was, uh, like you say, born
1: on this date, and he was an English writer, best known for his books about uh, Teddy Bear. Uh, oh, yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, oh. as, yeah, as well as as other children poetry. Um, Milne was primarily a playwright before the huge success of Winnie the Pooh overshadowed all of his previous work. And Milne served in both uh, World Wars as a lieutenant in the Royal uh, Regiment. And uh, he was a captain. Uh, So uh, basically uh, a pretty... uh, celebrated individual uh a a decorated i guess you could say as well as a writer so uh whenever you say winnie the pooh i guess that's all you have to say Pass that (laughs) yeah
0: that that would make him famous all right yeah um the next one we have to mention is that of oliver hardy and uh, born on this date in 1892 but died in nineteen fifty-seven. Are we talking about Laurel and Hardy?
1: I, that's what I'm. I'm thinking Oliver Hardy. Uh, yes, uh, an American comic actor. He was the the kind of the chubbier one with the little uh, yeah, yeah. little mustache and the uh, uh, the derby hat there that he wore.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, this uh, the the last ones we have here are both still alive. First of all. Um. Marc Messier, M-E-S-S-I-E-R, 62nd birthday today, and for some reason or other, that name is only faintly familiar to me.
1: Well, uh, uh, I'm not sure I would say it would probably be a, a, a more of a French pronunciation. I'm not w- good at it. I am Southern Ohio redneck, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marc Messier, or however you would say it, he's actually a... Uh, uh, A hockey player oh uh as a canadian uh, a former professional hockey player for the national hockey league yeah
0: okay and kevin costner's the last one and of course we know an actor and you can give some of his background but he's celebrating his 68th birthday today really I would have never, I I guess, you know, the older I get, the older everyone else gets as well. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So, uh, what about Kevin? Uh, Kevin, let's see. What Uh, are a few of the shows we would remember
1: easily? Let's see. Uh, Let's get down. I need to scroll down. Got career. Uh, Let's see. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Uh, The Bodyguard, Uh, A Perfect World. Um, Let's see. amazing stories i think it says the fandango american flyer uh table for five the big chill which i'm sure a lot of people remember that one um well a lot of
0: shows right yep 68th birthday today message in a bottle (laughs) kevin costner okay two famous deaths to share with you today on that occurred on this date um john tyler Um, Now, he was born in 1790, but he died on this date in 1862. T-Y-L-E-R, John Tyler. Was he a
1: president? Became the 10th president of the United States?
0: Probably is him. Yeah. Let's see here. 1790 to 1862.
1: I'm looking for his date of death here. But, yeah, it says uh, John Tyler became the 10th president of the United States, 1841 to 1845, when President William Henry Harrison died in April of 1841. He was the first vice president to succeed to the presidency after the death of a predecessor. Hmm.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. Okay, and the last uh, of these sort of things, Rudyard Kipling. And uh, Rudyard is R-U-D-Y-A-R-D, Kipling, of course, K-I-P-L-I-N-G. Born in, um, let's see, 1865, but died in 1936 on this date. Uh,
1: John, uh, Joseph Rudyard Kipling was an English novelist, short story writer, poet, and journalist. Uh, he was born in British India which inspired much of his work. Kipling's works of fiction include, you'll remember this one, uh, The Jungle Book, Duology, uh, and uh, The Man Who Would Be King uh, was another one
0: of his books that uh, many may remember. Let's see here. Uh, When you think of James Bond Mm -hmm. in movies, Uh, Who was the actor who played the uh, the role initially? Um, Shoot, Um, uh, uh, oh, he was the one in Doctor No, right? Oh, I I can't help you that way. Um, Ah, it was anyway.
1: I just Rod, was it Rod, no, Roger Moore was not that one. I don't think. It, no, it would have been uh, Sean. let see, Sean Connery's been it. George lazimpi Pierce Bros. I'm not sure which one it would
0: have been. Well, anyway, um, the, it, it, there's just a little tidbit here that I thought was interesting. Um. They wanted Cary Grant to take the part of James Bond when the film series was launched with Dr. No in the early 60s. But Cary Grant didn't think it would work. Hmm. So he turned it down. Interesting. So,
1: you know, oddly, I'm looking through. I don't think it was Sean Connery that played that one, but it's funny, I'm looking through here and I don't see a name one for... That particular... And, and I'm drawing such a blank, is what the weird thing is. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, maybe it was Sean Connery. Let's see here. Bond actor. Yeah, it was Sean Connery. Sorry about that. So I, I, I'm i misthinking that, I guess. So Sean Connery actually did uh, Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and uh, You Only Live Twice. And then he also came back after one appearance by George Lazenby, uh, Connery did that last film in 1971 then it was Roger Moore mm-hmm. there
0: we go well let's turn our attention to the news In uh, according to the New York Times a morning report China's authoritarian government they say has gotten in the way of the country's growth once again we're talking about China for years, American politicians have warned that China could challenge the US as the world's top superpower. As China's growth regularly outpaced Western rivals, it seemed on track to become the world's largest uh, the world's biggest economy. But even the most bullish assessments of China's rise always anticipated its growth would eventually slow. Well, that slowdown has arrived. (coughs) Excuse me. It has arrived sooner than expected. Why? Well, they say as a result of poor decisions by Chinese leadership. Two developments yesterday highlighted the risks for China. Chinese officials announced that the country's population declined last year for the first time in more than 60 years. They also released data showing that the economy grew only 3% last year. That's well below the government's target of 5.5%. Well, both of these outcomes are closely linked to Chinese policy. Decades-long government efforts to reduce birth rates nationwide, including the policy of allowing most families to have only one child, sped up this population decline. And the economic slowdown is in part tied to the zero-COVID policy that China backed away from only last month which left the country unprepared to reopen. Well, let's see if we can have a few more specifics here. Let's just use the term stifled growth. Experts have long anticipated China's population decline. Some analysts argue the decline actually started years ago. Regardless, the drop is coming more quickly than expected. Previous projections from China and the United Nations suggested the decline would not begin until next decade. The population is aging rapidly. The median age in China has already surpassed that of the U.S. and could rise above 50 by the year 2050 even Europe's fastest aging countries are not expected to surpass a median age of 50 until around the year 2100. Hmm.
1: That's interesting. It really is.
0: To some degree, China is following a typical trajectory. Birth rates tend to drop and median ages tend to rise as countries develop. Birth rates have also dropped in general across East Asia. But China sped up its trajectory with its one-child policy, which began in the late 1970s and was in effect until 2016. Its fertility rates are now lower than those in the U.S., Europe, and Japan. So, Wang Feng is an expert on China's demographic trends. He's at the University of California at in Irvine. And he's quoted as saying, China will no longer be the young, vibrant, growing population. We will start to appreciate China in terms of its population as an old and shrinking population. Yeah. Well, the population decline is bad for China's economic growth. An aging population makes for a weak labor force and it tends to use more government resources through retirement and health care benefits. And um, that that only makes sense. Yeah. The demogra- The demographic news comes at a time when economic growth has already slowed in China. Even before yesterday's announcement, China's growth had mostly slowed for more than a decade. Add that zero-COVID policy, it, it just worsened the problem by forcing large parts of the country, including economic engines like Shanghai, to abruptly and repeatedly lock down. But now that the policy is lifted, the virus has been spreading rapidly. Again, hurting China's economy as sick workers stay home. Well, in both cases, decisions by Chinese leadership played a central role, stifling China's potential. This is obviously possible in any country, but it is an especially big risk for China because it's authori- author- author- authoritarian. I got it out. <laughs> it's authoritarian form of government concentrates power with less public accountability. Ah, tough, tough, tough.
1: Mm. You know, if I. Can interject. I I was just doing. I was just doing some research there, and one of the things that I noted that the the, the last time they one of the headlines that I read was uh, China's population drops for the first time in like four decades or five decades or whatever. And I I get to read a little further. uh, The last time that China had a population drop was, I believe, in 1961. And from what I read, it was actually during a time of famine in China. Uh, Is uh, obviously with lack of food and things like that. I'm sure they lost a lot of people. But after that, you saw saw a sharp increase in uh, in the population, and then a uh, probably since the 90s or so, you start to see that uh, start to. to weighing back down just a little bit to where we are now 800 I think they said 850,000 uh, less people and it also puts it up uh, in a position and I never realized this Dave is the fact that India could quite possibly be now the most populated uh, country in the world and mm. I, I and I had no idea that uh, India was that populated you know I knew that 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 China was, but I guess whenever we talk about the Asian continent, that also includes uh, India. Right.
0: Well, it's uh, it's something we need to continue to be aware of and watch. And
1: yeah, because uh, if you get an aging population and no one there to take care of them, less people to take care of them. That's that's going to be hard on the population, the older population, and it'll be a strain financially on the younger population at the same time.
0: Well, let's see here. Let's, um, let's talk about politics just a bit. Republican House leaders placed Representative George Santos on two committees, despite some conservatives having called for his resignation. On another matter, a a former Herschel Walker campaign aide accused the conservative activist Matt Schlapp of groping him. (laughs) Schlapp denied the allegations. Weird. Okay, what about some other big stories? Minnesota, the university out there, officials at the University of Minnesota uh, changed their stance on a lecturer's decision to show an image of the Prophet Muhammad, calling their initial criticism a misstep. <sighs> hmm. uh, Maria Ressa, I don't know if you've heard about her, but she's a Philippine journalist. She's also a Nobel laureate. And uh, the word is she won a legal victory to keep publishing her news site, which um, some some entities have been trying to squelch. Montecito, California. The mudslide risks continue um i have um i've been trying to reach my son paul he's in irvine it's not quite as bad down there but um uh, he does do some traveling of up and down california and i've been wondering you know is he doing all right has he had uh, many problems and it's kind of unnerving, but I haven't heard back from him, hmm. so I hope to hear from him soon. But mudslides, wow! You've seen some pictures on the news, I'm sure. Yeah. Say, there's a show I have recently discovered. I don't know on what channel it is, but it it's where these um, heavyweight tow trucks help mostly trucks that have gone off the road and are turned and all whopper jawed, right? Um, It's really interesting.
1: (laughs) Sounds like it. I enjoy stuff like that.
0: (laughs) How they maneuver to upright something or get it out of some awful location down the hill and it's a science, <laughs> and, and cool tools.
1: <laughs> I, I guess so.
0: And, you, you know, they, they, don't too, they don't often talk about the driver, you know, right. and, and how if they were killed or how badly injured they may be or things like that, but they sure work hard to salvage and clean up the situation. And sometimes, depending on the condition of those uh, semi-trailers, they have to offload everything before they can pull them out. Hmm. What a mess. Well, boy, the trucking industry. They are, uh, they've become more important than ever. (laughs) Yes. In um, the last few years. Let's see here. President Biden may be the only person who can save Israeli democracy. We have a couple journalists writing about that. I'm not sure what they're getting at. But um, certainly, I, I hope Israel can be, remain with a democracy. Um... Let's see, what else do we have to share today? Uh, I think I'll put this report away. Um, The lead story in my next uh, series of reports that I rely on, once again, China's gross domestic product. Big news. But we've already covered that. Um. Okay, what's this guy's name? Solomon Pina? Pina? Yeah. This is out in New Mexico. And he was a, a candidate for office. And I think he was a Republican. Not that it should matter. But that's just a fact. He lost an election. He was running to be a state rep uh, in the state legislature. Well he's been arrested in connection to a series of shootings targeting several homes and offices of Democratic (laughs) officials. No one was injured in the shootings although several homes were damaged. So this all occurred uh, mostly in the month of December. And I think the last occurrence was January 5th. But the homes of two state legislator, legislators and two county commissioners, as well as a campaign office, were hit by several gunshots. Um, and evidently this, um, when I say Solomon Pena, P E N A, and there's a tilde over the N, which makes it more like a Y. Um, anyway, paid four men to conduct the attacks, one of whom was arrested last week. Why? Well, Pena lost the State House District 14 race by 3,600 votes in November. And I guess he even visited several lawmakers' uh, homes right after the election and was holding documents attempting to prove he had won. Hmm. Well, anyway, last month the Capitol's chief of police reported that threats against members of Congress were up 400% in the past six years come on folks um i'm just shaking my head here <laughs> okay i worked for clarence miller um i've worked with a number of congressmen in s- senate as well as the house um I don't recall any of them mentioning that they felt they had been threatened. But that was years ago. I've not been active with those um, units in years. And now they're saying that threats against members of Congress were up 400% just in the past six years. Yeah, you
1: know, I, I have to think honestly that social media probably fuels a lot of that stuff, and 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 access to the internet and and misinformation a lot of times. You know, I'm not saying that everyone, but you know, people get guilty of going down holes sometimes on either side and draw sometimes radical conclusions. You know, and uh, it it gets kind of scary out there.
0: Well. In my experience, I just was never aware in working for some of those folks of their having received a threat. Right. Very weird. All right. Well, New Year's resolutions. Um, did you have any?
1: No, I resolved to not have any New Year's resolutions this year.
0: (laughs) Your resolution was not to. Right. (laughs) Well, uh, certainly I had a few. And um, one I will say was to eat healthier, okay? Evidently, that was a, a very common thing among such resolutions that people made for the new year's right millions of americans did so but studies suggest 91% of us won't achieve our resolutions when it comes to eating healthy the same culprits often pop up cooking takes too long healthy meals are bland mm. Confusing ingredients make it hard to determine what's really healthy. But there's an outfit called Kettle and Fire. And this may kind of be like a commercial. I don't mean it to be. But they have become well known in the last year or two uh, for helping people eat quality good stuff not only tasting good but super healthy Hmm. and uh, they've just been overwhelmed with business so what is this you're talking about it's (laughs) some sort of i guess it's a mail order thing i don't know
1: yeah it's like a broth it's a bone broth i guess huh
0: well they do they do mention broths yeah Um, Let's see here. A high-quality bone broth from nutrient-dense organic ingredients. Chock full of protein, collagen, um, and electrolytes. Well, anyway, um, New Year's resolution. Um, I like to go out to eat. (laughs) And... Um, I would say we eat in for dinner maybe twice a week but you know we have different groups that we like to meet up with and so like tonight a certain group gets together every Wednesday a different group on Tuesdays Thursdays it's kind of the neighbor's and and that sort of thing, um, and that the, I like socializing. You know,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, um,
1: it. The one thing that you got to think about. I mean, you you have to change your entire lifestyle as far as food wise. Um, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily change where you go. You just have to change what your choices of. Of course. You know, and 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 honestly, you know, maybe some of the groups that you're with, some of the social groups, you might be able to get some of those on board with you and it might make it a little bit
0: easier. <laughs> well, yeah, and and they are. Um, uh, like tonight's group, they're a very uh, health-conscious group. So um, I don't do too much wrong tonight. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's see here. Madonna. Never heard of her, right? Mm, Nope. Nope, no. Madonna. Um, Did I hear she's got another tour coming up? They are calling it the Celebration Tour. Hmm. 35 cities in a global tour. It's going to begin in July. And that will cover her full catalog of over 40 years of music. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Black Panther and Ant-Man sequels are uh, getting February release dates in China. Hmm. And uh, as I understand it, these are the first Marvel movies, the the company Marvel, Mm -hmm. uh, to be released in China since uh, maybe 2018. Hmm. So all sorts of interesting things we hey, could tell you about.
1: By the way, if you're Madonna fan, I was just curious where she would be touring at. Uh, she will be in Cleveland, it looks like, in August. Uh, also in Pittsburgh in August, so August second and August seventh. So she'll be somewhat close. Chicago, if you like to go that direction. Uh, some of the closer areas. Do you but,
0: have a favorite city? Um.
1: There's there's a couple, yeah. Uh, I really, I like Las Vegas as far as not necessarily, I wouldn't want to live there and I don't necessarily, and haven't spent a lot of time there. But what I like about the city of Las Vegas is the majestic quality that it has, the lights and just the pizzazz that it brings out in the middle of nowhere like that. It's just kind of like, you know, it's kind of dreamy in a way. And the whole time you're there, you feel like you're on like in a, in a whole different world, and you're leading an entirely different life. So I like Vegas a lot, but to be honest with you, probably one of my favorite places on earth aside from um, home is Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. It's it's uh, just laid back, and and uh, the people around there are really nice, and it's almost like being at home. <laughs> hmm. So I'm not a big big city person I guess.
0: Have you traveled a lot? I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wondering.
1: I, I've been um I've, for the last basically thirty years I've traveled mainly up and down the east coast from uh uh basically New York to, to Florida, but uh a lot of uh western trips as well to California, Vegas, uh Texas, uh Uh, Minnesota, all those states out west. (laughs) The only place I haven't been that I really want to go to is the state of Washington. I've never gone to Washington. That, to me, seems like it would be such a majestic place.
0: Well, um, I, I have been to every state. I've lived in far more than I ever expected. <laughs> um I take that back. I have not been to Alaska, but my dad had done a lot of work up there. And I'm I'm actually planning a trip there. Nice. Martin Strand was a young man who when I was in high school lived in our home. He was from Sitka, Alaska. He's um well thought of in Alaska now as uh, public office, I think, and uh, he's invited me up, and uh, so we're looking forward to that.
1: That sounds good. I like New England a lot. Connecticut, uh, one of my favorite states. I got to say that too, as well. Before we go, <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> I, it's, it's like when you drive into the state of Connecticut. It's like you drive into a. You know that you've driven into a different state all of a sudden. It it, it really baffles me,
0: to be honest with you. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed the program today. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. Tomorrow, though, the mayor will be our guest.